Attention all grandmas, grandpas, nanas, and papas. Bingo is not just for you anymore. Introducing Cerrito Bingo. It's the modern twist on a classic game for everyone to enjoy. Play 10 exciting rounds of free bingo every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 on South Main at the Green Beetle and every Friday night from 8 to 10 in Cooper Young at the Memphis Maid Tap Room. For more info, visit the bingo page at CerritoTrivia.com. Cerrito Bingo is the game-o. It's time for Cerrito Live on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Live from the legendary Sports 56 studios at Flynn Broadcasting in Memphis, here's your host, Kevin Cerrito. Greetings and salutations. We are live from Hyattop, Mount Moriah, on this college football Saturday. Not many left this year. So we are on the home stretch. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Kevin Cerrito, joined alongside, as always, CJ Hurt on the other side of uh, the glass. We got an action packed edition, a supersized edition of the radio program today. As always, we will end with the wrestling segment. Dustin Five Star will be here in studio. Dustin Star. Active pro wrestler and your new Memphis Grizzlies MC in studio with us a little bit later on. We'll be joined by Andrew Goldstein, who's a former member of the WWE creative team. And also not on his resume, but a true fact about him. He once sat behind Donald Trump at WrestleMania. So we will uh, talk to him about that experience and everything that's going on, of course, in the world. Wild world of professional wrestling. Donald Trump, the new president elect, is probably the most Pro pro wrestling president in our nation's history. I don't know how big of a wrestling fan Lincoln was or, or whatever, but Trump, really big wrestling fan, and is a WWE Hall of Famer. You don't think George W. was a big wrestling fan? Not as big as Trump, man. Uh, Trump, as far as his association, man, he's a WWE Hall of Famer. He's been at multiple WrestleManias. He's hosted manias at his venues. It's he is he is a wrestling fan. <laughs> But we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. We've got Kevin Live joining us to talk about the Grizzlies. Chandler, Chandler Parson, the $94 million man, made his Grizzlies debut this week. Live joins us every week. And he'll probably talk about that controversial cover of the Memphis Flyers. Well, it's got some people uh, fired up. Greg Akers joins us to talk about Nashville Sucks. CJ, you got a song to grind to this week? Do I have a song to grind to? Is the sky blue? <laughs> Uh, of course, of course you do. So CJ will have another song to grind to in Grind City. Um, and what else? We have? Oh, so Greg Akers will be here to tell us why Nashville sucks. So that's that's about your, your recap. And if anything happens as far as sports goes, of course there are college football games being played every week. And some this is may be the biggest 11 a.m. slate that we've been up against this year. Why? Well, have you seen these games? There's there are oodles games, oodle oodles of games of local interest. You have Mississippi State versus Alabama. I'm not saying they're going to be good games. I'm saying they're just games of local interest. South Carolina versus Florida, Kentucky, Tennessee is underway right now. Um, oh, that is that is going to be for SEC and that is a, East implications right there, isn't it? Right. And Cincinnati's playing Central Florida, the American, and SMU, who Memphis beat the devil out of last week, playing East Carolina. Uh, right now, Tulsa Navy. So uh, plenty of SEC games happening right now and American Athletic Conference games, uh, not to mention just other games 
of interest, like West Virginia, Texas, because, you know, the Texas is an interesting storyline as it plays out for the rest of the season. And uh, will their coach return or not? Does he deserve to return? Well, you know, will they? We'll find out. Big 12 action. But not that we really care about our Big 12 football. Speaking of Big 12 football, the Children's Museum finally took down that banner that they had up about the Big 12. Did you see that? I did see it driving by. I was like, oh, no, they took it down. So I guess Memphis really isn't going to get into the oh, Big did you really? That, was that really your reaction? Yeah. You were holding out hope as long as the Children's Museum had that Big 12 banner. They wouldn't lie to the children. Yeah, well, that had to be confusing for the kids, huh? Yeah, be torn. Torn between two conferences. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily... <laughs> Uh, what it was, but it was it was confusing. It'd be confused of all the places that put up a banner for for the Big Twelve, the Children's Museum. But I mean, it sits right there outside. It's close. You're right. It's close. Well, yeah. All right. That's fair. But it didn't say like Big Twelve. It just said Big Twelve. It didn't like have a message on it besides that, right? Just by saying Big Twelve, that's enough. You don't have to and, say anything else. I mean, that, it, might that, have, it had some Tiger logos and stuff like that, I guess, but. Anyway, that banner is down. Yes, CJ, your your hopes and dreams we've we've known for months, but you were holding out hope based on a banner at the uh, Children's Museum and whether or not the Tigers would get into the Big 12. So that's the rundown. We're here for a supersized edition of the show, which means we got a bonus half hour at the end. We'll be going till 1.30 because we were off last week, making up some time today. And I'm excited about our, our first guest. We're going to get to him in just a moment. Uh, as I mentioned... Of course, you can't. The big story of this week has nothing to do with sports, and it feels weird to just talk sports or to start the show off with sports because it's one of the biggest stories in this country in a long, long time. And it was the presidential election. As you know, Donald Trump is the president-elect, as I've mentioned already, and he won the great state of Tennessee except for three of our 95 counties. One of those counties is this very county, Shelby County. And uh, so we know, well, at least around here, Hillary is who most of the citizens in Shelby County uh, voted for for the president of the United States. Also on Tuesday, though, uh, citizens went to the poll and reelected your ninth congressional district representative. His name is Congressman Steve Cohen, and he joins us now. Mr. Cohen. Hey, nice to be with you. Uh, nice to be with you uh, this morning. Um, man, what a week it's been. I saw your appearance on Channel 3 uh, the morning after uh, the election. I know you were, you were fired up, and what they promoted really was a, supposed to be a victory interview for you. All your focus, of course, was on the, the presidential election, and, and rightfully so. You had your victory party at the rec room on Tuesday night, where I usually hang out on Tuesday nights doing trivia, so... You owe me a little little of money there. I got bumped out for your party, uh, Congressman. We'll talk about that later. Taylor did pretty good on the bar. He can he can take care of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah you you were making money. Um, so, what was your first reaction? At what point, when you were at the rec room and people playing ping pong and video games around you with the election results on, did you realize that, that this was going down? Um, that uh, Donald Trump would be the next president of the United States. Well, first of all, let me make it clear. The group that came there was not playing pinball or video games. Uh, they were all glued to the television set. Right. And, and, and it was to, my first thought was, I, I couldn't believe it. I just thought this is not going to happen. Uh, I thought Hillary was going to win. I was surprised, totally surprised that she didn't. And, uh, 
and I'm pretty much devastated by it. I mean, it's it's a re- rejection of everything, so many things that I've believed in all my life and still believe in, one of which is, 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 is politics is an honorable profession, and I don't think this campaign was run. It was the most least issue-wording campaign we've ever had. Now, I can't say that Hillary did too much with issues either because she basically attacked Trump. But Trump just lied about so many things, and if you go to any of the uh, uh, groups that, that rate, you know, whether things are lies or not, mm-hmm. uh, media places, media, media posts, uh, his, his Pinocchios were like 95% and 20 times as much as Hillary. He just lied constantly. And I think a lot of people that voted for him, I understand their frustration. The Affordable Care Act became the Available Care Act. It wasn't affordable. The dedu- it, it, we should have had a public option. We didn't have the votes for it. Should have had it. Uh, but even Trump now is saying, oh, we can't, we're not going to get rid of the keeping students on their parents' insurance for the 26, and we're not going to get rid of people with pre-existing conditions getting insurance. But you can't do those things which are so laudable without having some mandate to have people sign up for some other uh, me- measure, which would either be more money to subsidize that insurance. Uh, there's no way to do it. The insurance companies, the pool is going to be too small to insure the most needy, which are the people pre- with pre-existing conditions. So he's just going you know, to tell the people, oh, I'm going to keep all this good stuff, the cherry and the, and the hot fudge, but we're not going to worry about building the cone. Uh, and... Uh, but that's kind of good news, I guess, a little bit, right? At least he's considering It's a little keeping, bit of good news, but right. it won't work that way. Right. I mean, and he can put that out politically, but that's kind of a fib because he can't do it. You've got to do – you can't – it, it all goes together. It's part of the gumbo. Right. You can't just – so I'm saying it's, there were too many lies, too much – when he dis, when he disparaged that reporter who had the physical disability, that, that really revolted me. No human being should do that. And and I just know the nature of the man. I know a couple of people who I think are like him. I, don't, I wouldn't let them in my house. Right. All right. We're, we're talking with Congressman Steve Cohen. So, I mean, Memphis, uh, Davidson County, and Haywood County, I believe, are the only three counties that – uh, voted for Hillary in this in the state of Tennessee. We are we are one of uh, the few that that said we would not stand for somebody that, that acted like that to be president of the United States. Oh, we just lost Congressman Cohen. Well, he'll get back with us here in a second. Uh, but if you look at the stats, so we have uh, we have Davidson County, Haywood County, and Shelby County. Uh, if you look at the map, you know the 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 blue and the red counties. Uh, we are uh, one of those counties. They're blue, and there's not many of those really throughout the, uh, the, the the southern part of the United States. So hopefully here we can get reconnected uh, with Congressman Steve Cohen, who I was joking about. He did ha- he had his victory party at the Rec Room on Tuesday nights, and of course for regular listeners of this show know that I'm usually there every Tuesday at eight o'clock to host trivia, and um, moved out graciously to allow Congressman Cohen to have his victory party. Graciously moved out. <laughs> it was a it was a smooth transition of power at the rec room on Tuesday. I uh, <laughs> uh, welcomed him in, and because uh, that's what it's that's what's best for America, and so what's best for Broad Avenue is to 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 uh, have a, a, a gracious passing of the torch. Uh, 
at the rec room on Tuesday night. And Cohen's passing it back to me. I'll be back at the rec room on Tuesday. But he's rejoining us on the show, too, as we uh, get back to some serious talk. Uh, Congressman, so what, what – and you mentioned it, people are, are – that you think – why is a big re- thing people are asking? How did this happen? How did this happen? Um what is your thoughts besides the need that people wanted change? Because you can want change, but was somebody who acted like this the right change? I guess we, we're such an impatient society now that people who wanted change were unwilling just to wait a little bit longer until a better option for change came along. Well, I think that's true, and people want to change, but everybody – that's really weird with elections. When somebody wins by one vote, they go, oh, the people wanted this. One vote. Yeah. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. So, I mean, all this stuff about, oh, this shows the people want to change, it shows that half the people wanted something different, not quite half, but it's equal number, wanted a continuum of what Hillary offered, which was a continuum of Barack. So it was a 50-50 thing. It's not just change because, in in a way, it's like sports. You know, uh, Houston beat Memphis last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Jacob, Jake Elliott doesn't miss a field goal almost all year, and he misses a 37-yard field goal, and but for that miss by about two feet, we win. But it's a W for him, and it's an L for, for us. And, you know, somebody makes a shot in the last second of the game from three-quarters court, and they get a win, a win in basketball, and the other team gets a loss. But it was really about even. Hillary got the most votes. The Electoral College is the system we go by. It's right, But it's antiquated. It's not needed. It's it's wrong, and and it gives too much power to smaller states. But people people did want a lot of people want to change. A lot of people were upset with the Affordable Care Act. I understand that. There were people upset. I think with maybe too much. Maybe there was too much change under 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 Obama. But you know, if it weren't for James Comey and doing something unprecedented, Hillary Clinton would have prob- would have won Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. The influence of the FBI director putting a cloud over Hillary Clinton like never before over the last eight days, which Donald Trump and Fox played on and said that she was worse than Watergate and an indictment was likely to happen at any minute, which was not true. But that got out there, and it turned enough people to turn the election. And the WikiLeaks tapes, and true, Hillary made the statements, which I didn't like, to the bankers about, you know, you should regulate yourself and some other things she said and... $225,000, $225,000, she had paid for those speeches. But at the same time, it was Russia who hacked the DNC. And Russia gave that to, to, to Assange, and he disseminated it. So Putin and Comey affected the election entirely. If it weren't for them, Hillary would be president. And that's wrong. That's something rotten in the state of Denmark. And, and, and Comey had the information about the Russian hacking the DNC and the DCCC, and he never released it. He never released it, and that's equally as bad. And, and and this is something we've never heard of before. Now, what's going to happen now? What does Donald Trump's relationship with Putin become? What does he owe Putin, and what's he going to do with him? And, you know, he never released his income taxes. Maybe, I guess nobody cared. The man didn't pay, apparently didn't pay taxes for 20 years. Do you think the IRS is going to take him on his audit now and say he owes $100 million or $200 million or whatever? I don't think so. I don't think so. Right. Well, yet. Oh, so it seems like you're you're one of those candidates. You're one of those the candidates and politicians and leaders in this country who you're able to 
get votes from the other side of the aisle where people, when they go to the, to the voting, but you got 79% of the vote. If they're Republican or Democrat, they really don't like have to carry that to the voting booth when they vote for Steve Cohen. They vote for you because they know you're, you, you care about, uh, the citizens that you represent and you got 79% of the vote again. But it seems like in, in this election, a lot of people who vote Republican will vote for whoever has that R next to their name. And that because Trump, if Trump had the R next to his name, that's, they, they're going to vote for Trump because he's not a Democrat. He's not a quote unquote liberal that they, that they don't, you right. know, they don't, they don't like the liberals. So whoever had the R next to his name, uh, would win. So do you, do you think, this is a serious question. Do you think if Prince Mongo ran for president on the Republican ticket that he would have won? I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> All right, don't answer. I'm just asking, because I mean the, the flyer has the flyer has uh, made some spoof articles. I bet I mean it's, it's almost it's, it's, you know there, there's a lot, a lot of people do vote the party, and the party does have an influence. And what you're seeing now is a lot of people who voted for Trump voted for him because he was anti-establishment and going to make change. And he will, but you see what's going on now in the transition team. It's Rudy Giuliani, yeah. who's as old school as you can be with stop and frisk and anti-marijuana. It's Chris Christie, who was part of the close the bridge and screw them because they didn't support me for president. What kind of politics is that? And 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 he's very much anti-marijuana and anti. Uh, I think he's anti-sports gambling too. Uh, in, in bed with Sheldon Adelson, and and, and, and then you got uh, uh, Newt Gingrich and the old uh, all that stuff from the nineties. These are old. Old guys with old ideas who've never been hip in their lives. And, and they and other insiders are, are taking over, getting positions, and that's who's going to be making the decisions. So I think a lot of people that voted for Trump are going to be real disappointed. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about some local, uh, how this impacts locally here in, in Memphis and, and Shelby County. Uh, last night there was a protest. Uh, around a hundred folks walking around Midtown with with signs protesting uh, this election. What are what are your thoughts on that? I went out and met them at Overton Park, and pleased and proud that they were out there to show their opposition to the campaign. Some of the things that it affect, particularly there were a lot of gay folks who are concerned about their rights in the future, and understandably so. There were others too. Just concern in general. I asked them not to be violent. They weren't. I knew they wouldn't be in Memphis, but that, when I've seen the violence that's gone on and destruction in other cities, I've been disappointed with that. But I think it's good to express yourself and vent. I mean, this is not like George Bush beating Al Gore. That was very upsetting because Gore had the popular vote and the hanging chads and the Supreme Court making the decision, which I didn't, it was a political decision they'd never done before, 5 4 Bush v. Gore, but George Bush was like the White Album. You know, if you know the Beatles' White Album, but there's a little ditty at the end of it on one side. It goes, Her Majesty's a very nice girl, but she changed from day to day. Her Majesty's a very nice girl, but she doesn't have a lot to say. Well, that was George Bush. He was a very, very nice guy, but he didn't have a lot to say. And what he said wasn't necessarily right. But he was a nice guy. You can't say the same thing about Donald Trump. Right. We're talking with Congressman Steve Cohen. Of course, uh, everybody knows Donald Trump is going to be the next president of the United States. Well, you bring up an interesting point, because that is uh, something that I that I've noticed uh, about people saying, like, this is how afraid I was when Obama was elected. 
and the the people who are scared for the country today uh, getting compared to people who who when Obama was elected they were scared but to me I think that's kind of a, a false equivalency if what? there ever was one because oh, I is think, there a false equivalency who, what could they have been afraid well, of with I'll, Obama I'll tell you they were afraid of things that were made up they were afraid of the fact that he wasn't a, he was a Muslim who was not a US citizen who was going to take away their guns like those are the things they were scared of but it was something not based on on truth, and I think of people and who, who are, came and who, who promoted those things. Donald Trump, the birther, right? Isn't it's it's the worst type of irony that we we are dealing with today. But yeah, so I think it is. A, it's it's not fair to to say that because the people who are concerned about Trump are things that he's actually done um, and actually said uh, to alienate certain groups, and that goes back to the whole false equivalency of. Both Trump and Hillary are bad, no matter what side you were on. At least Hillary never came out and, and spoke uh, these vile things about certain groups uh, in this country. Right. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I knew Bill. I got a good relationship with Bill, and Memphis would have been better served with Bill and Hillary. I wasn't that wild about Hillary, but it was going to break the glass ceiling, and she had our values. Right. I'd like to have seen Joe Biden run. He didn't. A Biden-Warren ticket would have been phenomenal and would have won. Oh, that would have been great. Interesting. Memphis is going to hurt. Memphis gets a lot of money from the federal government. We get it in terms of grants. They go to the local government through the state, and they come to the local government, the Tiger Grant for the Harahan Bridge and fix it up the mall, the Choice Neighborhood Grant that's going to help redo foot homes. Those things may end. Uh, a lot of money comes into this community for people in need, who need WIC payments, women, infant, and children payments, who need Pell Grants to go to college, who need LIHEAP money, which is low energy, low, low income heating and, and, and um, energy assistance programs to help pay for utility bills, air conditioning, and or summer or, or, or winter. Uh, need people that they get SNAP payments, nutrition payments. These will not increase as the costs increase and as the populace need them increases, it's going to be decreased and cut. So it's going to be less money, less need served, more people suffering, and less health care provided. And if you have less health care provided, it's going to hurt a lot of people in our city who benefit from the Affordable Care Act or getting insurance now that didn't get it. There's a lot of money that went to community health centers. There are in our city lots of areas where you're pretty far from a doctor and you don't have good public transportation to get to a doctor. So community health centers are so important, that money will be cut. Community health centers, that's going to hurt people getting health care. And if money doesn't go, don't go into mass transit systems, which is a, generally a Democrat uh, program for inner cities, then people have more trouble getting to health care or to jobs or to wherever. It's going to hurt Memphians, and it's going to hurt Memphis's total overall budget. It's going to hurt us a lot. All right, we're talking with, with Congressman Steve Cohen. And that brings us – I opened this I, on Twitter. I said hey, I was going to have you on. Get, send me some questions. I got a question from – uh, my sister actually uh, sent me a question, Emily uh, Cerrito. She said, uh, "Who does Congressman Cohen support for DNC chair uh, now, and how will you um, represent uh, your district and promote uh, the Democratic values under this new Trump presidency?" Well, as far as the DNC chair, I do not have a vote on it. It's our we're five people from Tennessee who will have a vote. That'll be people from around the country. The only person from Shelby County is Gail Jones Carson. The others are Bill Owen in Knoxville, Will Cheek in Nashville, Mary Mancini, the chairman of our party, Al Gore, who never attends meetings, but he has a vote. Uh, and there's one other individual, not Mary, but another. But anyway, bottom line is I don't. Keith Ellison is a friend of mine and a, cl- a classmate 
He's a candidate. But I think the chairman ought to be a full-time chairman. We're in trouble. We don't have a president. We don't have a speaker. Uh, we don't have a majority leader. You need somebody who can go out there full-time and represent the party and make speeches and raise money and raise big money. And that's something, as a, if you're a congressman and you do your job, and I know it as a congressman, you represent your district. And if you're here for the Orange, the Orange Mound Southern Harris Classic Parade, and if you're here for the NAACP uh, dinner and, and the Civil Rights Dinner and the you, you name it, I'm there for all of them. And if you're home and seeing your constituents and doing your job, you cannot be DNC chair. I think Jennifer Granholm would be great, and I think she's somebody some people are talking about. Former governor of Michigan, uh, very good spokesperson, smart as she can be, raised a lot of money, knows how to raise money, and is a great, literally, face for the party. I think Jennifer Granholm would be phenomenal. That's who I like. How am I going to do it? When you're in the minority, as we are in the House, you can message, and you can. People need to do this who are concerned about these issues, and let people know what's going on, and give information, uh, both through statements on the floor, uh, statements in committee, uh, positions you take, press conferences, newsletters, coming home, and letting people know what's going on, how it's affecting them, so that people can understand the policies, and that maybe they'll vote differently in 2018 or 2020. Uh, and people can write letters to the editor and people can call shows like yours and voice their opinions. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen that are not going to be, that even the people who voted for Trump are not going to like. Because, uh, I think, I don't think the man, I think he's a sociopath. I think he would say anything. Just convenience of the moment. And you don't know what's going to happen once he gets in. I just don't think you can live at 56th and 5th Avenue and have some of the opinions that he uh, says he has. You've been around so many people, right. diverse population and ethnic groups, there's no way you can do it. So it'll be interesting in an evolving situation. But for those who were concerned about it, uh, as concerned as you are about this presidency, so far he's, he's, he's done a good job as far as his, his speeches and stuff and hasn't uh, really said anything outrageous. But let's move on from this. Uh, but his least... first tweet he made was outrageous about okay. the protesters. You're right. There was some. There was a tweet. And, and then they tweet. cleaned him up immediately. That's right. He he did have his first. Of and while he's right, and he said he was great to meet President Obama, and he's a great man or something like that, and he's done a lot of good things, that was true. But that's after saying he was the worst president in history, and he was miserable, and he's the worst ever, and he's needed to go. So has he really done everything his speech is true? And Hillary called, and he said Hillary called, and she's a nice lady, and she, we owe her a lot for what she's done for the country. He's totally reversed himself. Right. Yeah, no, he has. But but that, again, Congressman, that will be a good thing in a lot of the issues if he is reversing himself. And it may, it'll maybe take off a lot of, of, of his supporters and the people who voted for him, and they're going to get really confused. But, yeah. It'll be good if he reverses himself, but for those people that voted for him, yeah. thought he thought he was a straight shooter. <laughs> Wake up, folks! He's not a straight shooter. Well, I w- He'll I w- say whatever is appropriate at the time. I wanted to. I don't. I, I don't want to keep much of your time because I know you've got a, a busy schedule. A busy. I got Alabama and Mississippi State. I didn't realize they've been playing for twenty five minutes. Yeah, they've been playing playing for a minute. Too bad we can't have Alabama play the Electoral College with uh, and and just just beat them into the ground. Um, uh, last question: marijuana. Because I wanted to end on a positive note. <laughs> And I know you're one of the biggest proponents for for uh, marijuana uh, in this country. And we had, let's see, one, two, three, four states pass 
uh, measures legalizing recreational marijuana on this election this week. And we had one, two, three, four states vote to legalize medical marijuana, including our friends on the other side of the Harahan Bridge in Arkansas. It's obviously what the people want and what we should have. People should not go to jail for smoking marijuana. People should not be forbidden from getting federal scholarships to college, federal housing, and or have their job records ruined forever because they smoke marijuana. Marijuana has been smoked by every... I'm sure Donald Trump smoked marijuana. If he didn't, he knows some women who have because that's the, 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 the climate he's in. Uh, it's just absurd that it's Schedule One. It's absurd that President Obama and, and General Holder, I, I pled with him, didn't take it off of Schedule One. Hopefully Trump will. He's probably smart enough to do it. It's the, probably as popular an issue as there is in America today is to decriminalize at a minimum marijuana, take it off of Schedule One, and leave it up to the states, if not legalize it. And Trump is probably hip enough to, to know that and to play on that and to do it. Hillary wasn't good on that issue. Uh, Gary Johnson was. Uh, it was 71%, I think, in, in, in one of the states, uh, maybe Florida, California. I don't know the numbers, but they were gigantic. It's just, it's antiquated. It's an anachronism. It was put in, the, the criminality was done for politics for, by the Nixon team even. They were recommended in 1970 by a Schaefer commission that he impaneled to decriminalize it then. And his team said, no, it's too good for us politically as a weapon to fight the blacks and the hippies who use marijuana and appeal to our base, which is the base that you saw come out here and like Trump and, and, and be against it. Even a lot of them smoke marijuana. And they would be in favor of decriminalizing marijuana. Uh, but it never should have been what it was, but it was used politically. And, and it's going to change now. It does, it, right. It does look like it's, it's, it's both, both parties, because these are states that Trump won that are passing these, these, uh, marijuana legalization. Um, I have lots of Republicans come up to me and they say, you know, I don't agree with some of the things you do, but two things I really like <laughs> to do is marijuana and pets. And I can just see these guys sitting around, you know, getting high and playing with their dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, la- last thing uh, before I let you go. To, to the people who, to the Memphians, because this, this was a blue county, for the people in Shelby County who, who are nervous and upset about uh, the, the election results, can you spin this into a positive on how you and, and, uh, and how as a community and uh, we can come together, hopefully, under this and get through this as, as Americans? It's going to be difficult, but the, the right First Amendment right of freedom of the press is important, and freedom of speech, and we need to make our voices heard and known, and people need to register to vote and vote like they haven't in the past, like never before in 2018 and 2020. And, yeah, just I'm going to go up there and I hope that he does something on infrastructure, and I can it'll be good for transportation, and that's good for Memphis. We've got a lot of distribution through the city. Uh, if he does things like criminal justice reform, infrastructure, immigration reform. I can have a voice to come through my committees and make a difference. I'm going to try to make a difference, but I'm also going to speak truth to power. Meanwhile, go Tigers. we got three three-stars. That's better than no, a bunch of two-stars, but we need some fours and fives. Oh, absolutely. Next time, uh, Congressman, we will we will be sure to get into some uh, Tiger talk with you for sure. Right there. Good to talk to you. <laughs> All right, thank you. That's Congressman Steve Cohen, reelected. He is our congressman. Lots of uh, politics.
talk to start the show, but we're going to stick to sports. One half of pro wrestling's power couple, Dustin Five Star, here reminding you that Memphis Wrestling is back on Saturday mornings. Listen to me and my tag team partner, Quesarito, talk pro wrestling with some of the biggest names in the industry every Saturday in the main event of Cerrito Live, only on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. It's the only weekly wrestling segment on Memphis Radio. Guarantee that you never miss a show. Subscribe on iTunes to Cerrito Live for free. And also check us out on CerritoLive.com.